0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction, the only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian-scientist come together to discuss science, comedically.
1: Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 621, Science Faction, the scientific F-word and losing the lab leak. Is the scientific F-word fraudulent? Well, it's fraud, yes, actually. Oh, okay.
0: Like like a fucking fraud? You fucking fraud? Yeah, or scientific fraud, which is, you know, pretty bad in and of itself. Or I thought we were using the frog, the ethnic
1: slur for uh, French people.
0: Or the uh, uh, the slur for conservatives, foreign.
1: Or fraud, which is also oftentimes an ethnic slur for Nigerian princes. <laughs> What's a group of Nigerian princes called? A oh, fraud. Fraud. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, and speaking of the fraud of this show, I, of course, am your host, comedian, Nigerian prince, Mr. Robert Timothy. And with me, as always, is my perennial scammy, Mr. Damien Mercado. Damien, how are you doing this afternoon?
0: I'm doing great. I uh, just got back from the gym. I uh, got banned while I was there. I uh, lifted all the weights. Not unlike. Oh, I see. Like a Joey Chestnut, mm-hmm. Nathan's hot dog champion, uh, Joey Chestnut, uh, getting banned from an all-you-can-eat buffet for putting uh, them out of business. I was, rest- I too am now banned from
1: the local YMCA for lifting all their weights yeah you just took all the way it wasn't lifting them it was that you just tossed them all in a pile and walked out and it sounds like you might be like oh all the weights that sounds impressive it's like the biggest one is 45 pounds like that was the largest plate you had to move by yourself really the conglomeration of all the weights in one place was what made it a problem
0: I've lived like 20 of the 40 pound weights and like 30 of the 35 pound weights there's Bobby it's it's like an Iron Man competition and sure I rolled most of them into Place, but it's the <laughs> principle. And yeah, it also meant that the local inner-city basketball team couldn't work out uh, because of my actions. Well, you uh, you chose wisely. All right, Joey Chestnut is it wasn't banned from all-you-can-eat buffets, by the way, for eating too much.
1: It was for just moving all the trays around.
0: He was a mischief.
1: I, th- I thought it was for passing out on heroin all those times. <laughs> Chestnut's nodding off again. <laughs>
0: he's tried rehab for the
1: eighth time
0: yeah you got to keep rehab is is a continuous battle man
1: well the problem is most most people don't know a lot about narcotics anonymous and step four is to only eat a reasonable amount of hot dogs so he's screwed like he there's no way he can progress (laughs) through the steps i've accepted a higher power (laughs) this is how he's made amends he's just he's really stuck between a rock and a hard place because ironically if, if he were to ever give up the hot dogs in order to complete the treatment having no other career his entire life he would become destitute and unemployed and then go right back to the drugs
0: Well, I mean, like, uh, yeah, in the same way that, yeah, what if Michael Jordan was, he's the goat, you know, when you're the goat at something, the money will follow. I also like the idea of, like, every uh, large-scale eatery in the New Jersey area having, like, Narcan,
1: like a Joey Chestnut kit with Narcan in it. To be fair, when he did get banned, when he does eventually get banned here, he will just end up playing in the European leagues, which uh, is a bratwurst-eating (laughs) contest. It's slightly different. (laughs) It's harder on the stomach. It is. It is and it's way grosser. Like way
0: grosser. <laughs> Don't ask how the bratwurst competitions are made. No. <laughs> no, it's a it's a ton of hookers and like backroom <laughs> deals. It's one of the most cutthroat industries. (laughs) Don King wouldn't have survived five minutes managing an
1: all-you-can-eat eater. And if you want to manage your own eating competitions, go ahead and check out our Patreon. Go ahead to Patreon and look up Robert Timothy. You'll get a whole nother episode of Science Faction every single week. And you will find yourself... The hot dog eating champion of your locality. I'm pretty sure we have to put out like a legal disclaimer after you said that.
0: I'm not certain. I'm not. I didn't. I'm not a lawologist or anything.
1: No. So I actually I can I conferred with science factions lawyers just before making that statement, uh-huh. uh, and they informed me that the term locality can be specific or broad and specific down to the individual. And so theoretically, <laughs> if I'm promoting that, if you listen to this podcast, you will become the best hot dog eater in a competition of one. I have not made a claim that can be falsified.
0: I don't know that if a judge would say that a person your casual observer would logically come to that conclusion I think that's part of the law can would a reasonable person uh, come to that conclusion, Bobby. You're not a reasonable person, so maybe we're asking too much of you.
1: Yes, to be fair, though, my, like, legal advice follows a lot of things that I see from movies. So The legal advice I get comes exclusively from a uh, uh, a busty woman without legal training, a la the movie Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> I,
0: I was really hoping you were going to go Weekend at Bernie's. Like, oh my god, is
1: your attorney dead? That would be silly and useless, Damien. <laughs> I have never seen a single movie about a dead attorney winning a case. You watch that, Aaron Brockovich? She cleaned up.
0: <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm making My Cousin Vinny, but one where a, where a smart-alecky New Jersey corpse comes and wins a, a, a rural court case.
1: You know, nobody ever talks about, and I'm a, I am feel great talking about this because if you look into it, Aaron Brockovich was actually, it was full of shit, or at least a lot of it was in terms of what they were suing for and stuff. It was basically ambulance chasers that got portrayed to be good human beings. But I always thought, when they approach Julia Roberts with the Aaron Brockovich case, and then they show her the picture of Aaron Brockovich, I know she's an actress. I know her job is to be in movies. I know some part of her is probably thinking, I hope this is a good movie. But is another part being like, Really, bitch, you think I look like her? Dude, do you
0: realize, and this is not a joke, that they were in serious talks at some point where they were going to make an Underground Railroad movie, and Julia Roberts was in discussion to play Harriet fucking Tubman? Really? So, Aaron Brockovich, that's nothing. That is nothing compared to Julia Roberts' range in a producer's eyes.
1: (laughs) Wow, I can't beat that. All right, let's move right on to Science Articles. From molecules to
0: particles, this is Science Articles. It's one of those things that sounds like a joke, but I had to Google it.
1: (laughs) Was this like a blackface? Was this was this in the sixties? Wait, she wasn't this, born yet. How how did this work? This was the fucking nineties. This was the
0: nineties, and, and just picture the most coked out fucking boardroom. And and this is how you get there. Well that pretty woman herself, ready-the eddy grand. Siglo, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then we should open a restaurant. And I think I think that's the first thing we do. We open a restaurant and and, and maybe, maybe maybe we just serve comfort food. All comfort food. <laughs>
1: Uh, And we've uh, we just signed on Christian Slater to star in the new MLK biopic, which is going to be great.
0: (laughs) I have a dream. She. All
1: right. Article number one is most of Alzheimer's research actually scientific fraud. I mean, what were they passing? Trying to pass people with
0: CTE. Like, were they sneaking in like ex NFL players into their study?
1: That's a good point. I would find a pair of like identical twin brothers, a la like the Barber brothers who both played in the NFL, <laughs> except I'd find one that was nerdy and one that played in the NFL or, or just college football would be fine. Wait for, hi- for him to get enough CTE. You do all the tests, you go do this, and then you're like, I've got this new magic drug and I won't tell anyone what it is, but I promise it cures Alzheimer's. And then you give it to the CTE dude, but then you do the follow up tests on the nerdy twin brother who doesn't have all of the brain damage you're like, look I solved it you're like the P.T. Barnum of science it's incredible. You're a
0: showman. PT Bard was the PT Bard of science if you think about it. But yes. <laughs> you by the way I didn't think think that it was necessary that he killed an elephant for this uh, for this <laughs> Alzheimer's study.
1: <laughs> Randomly it's random you bring it up. I was actually reading this today that the original like uh, neonatal wards for premature babies were actually sideshows because no hospital wanted to waste money trying to keep a premature a baby alive. So the only person who would do it was like a P.T. Barnum who's like, look at this little dude.
0: And there was an entire group of people who, I mean, like like when we talk about the old times, remember that, those are the people who would laugh at like uh, the, the disabled at freak shows. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and they do say, like, oh, yeah, look at this. The sideshows are where the preemie babies are. But you could imagine how preemie babies have a pretty short shelf life in terms of being available for a sideshow, because then they just become babies rather quickly. And so I imagine every stop, P.T. Barnum has this, like, uh, Anakin Skywalker slaughtering the younglings <laughs> moment where he walks <laughs> through
0: the preemie ward. He, he P.T. Barnum, uh, I mean, th- that is... <laughs> To, to see a market like that is, he's the most American man I've ever heard of. Yeah. Like, like, okay, what's this waste? What's this waste? You know, I could turn anything into a product. Unwanted children? Uh, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Find a fish
1: and a fetus. I could sew these things together. This could make me a million fucking dollars. <laughs>
0: and the guy has a fucking movie after him. Despite everybody knowing what they know
1: about him. So this right here is one of the craziest stories we've gotten a chance to report. This appears to be a very solid case. It's not definitive yet, but appears to be a very solid case of scientific misconduct, of definitive fraud, of a huge history of publication fraud. This isn't just one paper. We're talking about numerous papers, uh, one prominent researcher, but multiple different researchers. This is just, this is one of those blow your fucking mind type stories. This was... This is the actual evidence of something happening that is as about as close as you can get as to what, like, evangelical young Earth creationists imagine people who study human evolution do. Like, th- this is, is the equivalent of, like, digging a hole and throwing a fossil in it and burying it.
0: So, I mean, was it like the file drawer effect? Like, or, or was it something more
1: insidious? No. No, no, no. This is legit fraud. This isn't like a bias. This isn't anything like that. So we talked about Alzheimer's a bunch on this show. It is incredibly common. And not only is it common, but it is lethal. It is one of the leading causes of death in the United States, which most people don't know. Horrible way to die. It strips your identity, your memories, your abilities, everything from you. And we, we don't know what causes it. What we do know is there is an association with Alzheimer's disease and amyloid beta plaques in the brain. That is like a defense. Finding characteristic of what Alzheimer's is, but frankly, we don't know if the plaques cause Alzheimer's or if the plaques and Alzheimer's are both caused by some kind of other cause that is, so they're just correlationally related. On this show alone,
0: we've talked about how the uh, those plaques are influenced by your poop or gut microbiome, yeah. yes. how they're influenced by tinfoil that you eat. If you decide to have a
1: regular sleep schedule or work during the day or night. Yeah. That's true. And those are all really, really good points that we've we've all talked about. And it's not, by the way, if you're imagining, like, just an insane person balling up tinfoil as they make eye contact with you and slowly chewing it just to, like, freak you out. Yeah. What, what he was referring to is when you cook, like, fish and stuff or vegetables on a grill using tinfoil, it leaches into the food.
0: Yeah, but anybody, uh, you see anybody chewing on tinfoil intentionally, you just put them down. Like, that, yeah. there's nothing good that can come from that person. That person's a psychopath. <laughs>
1: Uh, so we don't know exactly what causes it. And what we've seen before is there have been some theories that it's the amyloid beta plaques themselves, except there are some problems with that, including we've had some treatments before that kind of actually literally physically removed the plaques and that didn't seem to do anything. Uh, we've seen increased plaques in certain cases and that doesn't seem to associate with increased Alzheimer's. So there is some issues with that. We're still not hundred percent sure what these relationships are. Uh, another important thing is the way we tell certain proteins are within a structure is something called a Western blot test, which any of you guys who have worked in a lab, either synthesizing, looking at, and now analyzing proteins will know backwards and forwards. You've all done it a thousand times. I've gotten the chance to do some once literally in a lab in college. But uh, these are super common. They also look super old. They, they, the results of these look like something that was from a printout in the 1970s or something. They're like these very, uh, these like black and white, very stoic, just they, they almost look like they were done by a Scantron test. But these are basically how we can tell what is inside anything we are testing. This is uh, analyzing the proteins around. So this is the, the P drug test, so to speak, mm. of us looking for certain types of proteins in your body.
0: This machine's fucking around. It just filled out the Stussy S on this Scantron.
1: <laughs> Man, the I tell you what, I got the protein sample into the back room to take the test, and it just leveled with me and said, bro, I gotta tell you I'm not gonna pass. We might as well just not do this.
0: <laughs> You're sure we need people? I can, it's just pot, right? It's just pot?
1: <laughs> I don't want to waste anybody's time, bro. I don't know if this goes on a record, but I'm not, I I'm not peeing in that cup. Yeah, I'm high now if we're being honest. Like, this is... (laughs) Uh, but these tests, the Western blot tests are kind of like the, the, it tells you what protein is there and that is what is used and published in results to say, look, these were the proteins we found. Here's a picture of the Western blot test we took. And anybody who has read any amount of literature in this topic or any topic, by the way, that has to do with cell biology will know these things left, right, and center. You might not even know the, if, if you've read through this stuff and never done them. You might not even know they're called Western blot tests. You will recognize them if you are familiar with this type of research. So... Western blot tests are often cited by Jordan Peterson as the
0: superior blot tests.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but he can't give non-subjective reasons as to why. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying Eastern
0: blot tests. have stood the test of time. Perhaps one of the most powerful uh, blot tests in all of history is the Chinese blot test.
1: So that's Alzheimer's in uh, kind of a nutshell. And there's been a lot of research going on for quite some time, but a lot of research builds, as you guys know in science, on previous research. And one of the the seminal works of alzheimer's research was a 2006 paper that outlined the discovery and prominence of amyloid beta star 56 which is a specific type of amyloid beta it was done by a like a blockbuster researcher in alzheimer's research and co-authored by an up and comer who ended up becoming a superstar in alzheimer's research named Sylvian lesney they were a french researcher he was the Steve Tyler of Alzheimer's researchers. This guy fucking rocked. I know who you're talking about. That original paper was published in 2006. A bunch of papers have been referenced to it. Both of these researchers who were the co-authors on this ended up going on to do tons of other Alzheimer's research. Had a bunch of bandanas on his clipboard. Fast forward 15 years or so, and another researcher, another professor who studies these issues, but is really, really good with the technical aspects of it and very good at doing these Western blot tests and and that kind of thing. His name is Matthew Schrag, and he was approached by a group of people who ironically were researchers themselves. This is such a weird story in so many ways. Two Alzheimer's researchers themselves who noticed that this new company, Cassava, was coming out with an Alzheimer's drug? And these researchers, having a ton of background, were like, This is full of shit. While, like, I could tell you with 100% certainty based on my own research, based on the research that I'm seeing them, these guys publishing, they are full of shit. Now, Damien, what do you think two researchers? who believe another researcher's publications and their company, everything is full of shit. What do you think they would do? I mean, like, I, I suppose if
0: it's like a wacky movie plot, they would either try to sabotage the other uh, the other production of the uh, mm-hmm. of the medicine or try to uh, create a, 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 a fake or, or another product to try to beat them.
1: Okay. Both very zany, but neither what these two chose to do. This huh, is something interesting. I've... I've I've never even heard of before. So I've heard of, you know, people obviously reporting to journals, people bringing this to the attention of major publications to get it out there, people writing op-eds in newspapers to say, hey, there's something shifty about this, people writing letters to Nature or other publishing journals saying, hey, something is really off here. Now, it's not that they didn't do that, but they started out by doing something even more interesting, which I wouldn't have even thought of and as ballsy as fuck, they both hosted a WWE event to announce their principles. They posted a shitload of options. They bought a shitload of options on that particular stock. For those of you guys who don't know them, the market, if you option a stock, what you're essentially doing is betting on it failing. You're, you're saying, I promise to take this price for it later, meaning that's lower than the current price, meaning you think that the price is going to go down. So they optioned the company. They basically said, you're full of shit. We know you're full of shit. We're betting on you failing. Then they went out and got this guy, Matthew Shrag, the guy who was really, really good at, you know, the Western blot tests and all that kind of stuff. They got him. They paid him 18 grand. And they're like, I need you to look through all this research and figure out where the fucker he is. And he's like, all right. So he starts looking through. And sure enough, he starts finding a bunch of fuckery in these cassava papers. He starts finding faked Western blot tests, meaning they could not get the proteins they were looking for. So they like photoshopped shit and cut and pasted and copied stuff to make these Western blot tests look like they were representing a protein that they were not representing. And this is after it had passed, like, the FDA? Yes, this is after oh, passing no. peer review, this is after passing a bunch of stuff, because one of the problems is peer review is not great at discerning out-and-out fraud. I mean, there's some element of that in there when you are doing a peer review and stuff that you are trying to make sure that person's out of fraud, but in general, you are looking to make sure they did the math right, their experimental design was correct, they didn't look fall victim to certain biases. If somebody just lies and they send fake data, that's a whole different ball game And it's not like you wouldn't like look out for it or whatever, but that is just not that is not what is in front of you on your radar. That is not what you are, are expecting. And also it kind of takes a certain expertise to determine these things and the type of person like shrag here who's an expert in determining you know western blots if they're fake or real is not the same necessarily as a primary alzheimer's researcher who would be doing the peer review i picture that a uh, shrag guy is the guy who made fake ids in high
0: school and like he's he's reached his <laughs> ultimate evolved pokemon form here <laughs>
1: So, super interesting, and they started sending letters out. They sent it to Nature, they sent it to the publications, they sent it to the University of Michigan that the researchers work at, and all of a sudden, it looked like something really, really bad. But Schrag didn't stop there. He was like, well, fuck it. Let me see if somebody else did that. And he started going through more and more Alzheimer's research. And what he found was actually that 2006 paper, a seminal paper in Alzheimer's research, one that has been quoted more so than almost every single other Alzheimer's paper and has led Alzheimer's research for 16 years. That paper by Sylvian Lesney was faked as
0: well. This guy's like the uh, USADA. He's out. He's out there discovering evidence of PEDs. That's right. Um, Performance enhancing data. (laughs) Of course, you know it's why. You know, what if we find out that just like USADA, it's actually widespread and it's really hard to catch. Like, like you, your odds of getting caught for doping are actually pretty low, unless you're John Jones, in which case they'll catch you every time.
1: Well, this is utterly crazy because obviously, when this comes out, everybody's going crazy. I mean. Alzheimer's is a huge area of research in terms of money, in terms of funding, in terms of prestige, in terms of everything. And so if what you're saying is we based 16 years off, you know, this paper, which turns out to be fraud, and oh, by the way, this person, he kept looking, Sylvia and Leslie, Leslie had multiple other papers that showed evidence of fraud. Oh my goodness, if that's the case, we have been kind of going in this direction, spending billions of dollars and try and doing essentially nothing if these papers aren't true, if this is fraud it was such a huge disruption that the paper science the journal actually wanted like needed to, wanted to get to the to the bottom of it and they asked two different independent analysis guys who were like Shrag to review what Shrag had found and be like listen is he right is this true look at the papers he looked at about you know this cassava drug look at the papers he looked at about this 2006 paper by lesney tell us tell us what you think and they looked at it and they said there are a few of these supposed frauds that might just be like quirks, like digital artifacts that aren't actual fraud that can just kind of happen in inver- uh, by accident. However, some of them are almost certainly fraud. Some of them are clear cut examples of cut and pasted versions of Western blots, as well as dubious blots and backgrounds that the original researcher had missed. It is nuts because we are unraveling something here that is huge and this fraud is going to be a huge deal I mean I don't know what type of penalties this person will be able to you know be held to they are a French citizen they were working in the United States uh, certainly there will be some research fraud there will be the the money that comes with that there I mean there are a bunch of stuff. I'm very curious to see if this is confirmed, what will end up happening to this person and, and what it'll mean for the last 16 years of Alzheimer's research. Like whenever I hear of grievous
0: scientific actions, for, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I can only name two, one, this French guy and two, Andrew Wakefield. Is Do they just play fast and loose with science? Because is it, is it like as a result of their uh, scientists were lords back in the day?
1: I'd no, say, yeah. no, it's it's the idea that like f- out and out fraud is very rare, and it's it's not only very rare, but it's like in some word in some senses like inconceivable because you're like, well, that's gonna get caught, and why would you do that? And also you're gonna sacrifice your career and your life, like everything about that is just. Off, And so normally you're looking for mistakes in the math. You're looking for the person who didn't carry the fucking integer with her device. Like you are looking for that kind of shit. You're not necessarily looking for the person who's going to out and out lie to you. And by the way, if you commit fraud well enough, meaning you out and out lie well enough, depending on the controls and the setup of your experiment, there is no way for a peer reviewer to catch you. Because if you do it well enough, you're handing them the data that they're reviewing along with your thing. So if you fake the data, then how could that reviewer know? No, uh, so, so
0: so there needs to be a uh, an element of of like uh, of uh, an
1: inquisition to to these papers that are out there well, to root out deceit. No, it's it's like we say before, like publishing in a peer reviewed published journal isn't the end of science, is the beginning. And what happens after that is you get different confirmations from independent labs. And after you start getting different peer-reviewed confirmations from independent labs, then we can start saying this is more like something that we would consider true or, or scientific canon. And this is just another example that even though something could be very prominent and done, you know, 16 years ago, it might still not reach that threshold.
0: Do you think the guy was hoping, because I'm trying to figure out how he thinks he can get away with it long term. Like, does he think like, well, by the time people realize that this drug doesn't do anything after doctors have been prescribing it for a
1: few years and the data starts to pile up, I'll be dead? Yeah, I I get curious about that, too. Or like, is it even a researcher? Is it three smaller researchers in a trench coat? (laughs) and, And the second you call them on it, they just split and go different directions. So there's no way we could ever hold one person accountable.
0: No, I was I was thinking that I was going a similar route uh, where uh, a, a young nerd, a young scientist at a high school mm-hmm. finds a, a wish, uh, finds a Zoltar machine, and makes a wish that he wants to be big, and just through yeah. a just through a crazy coincidence, ends up leading this experiment, and just kind of gets in over his head.
1: Where did his two little friends come from? <laughs> he broke a piano, in public. Oh uh, dear, very, very interesting stuff. I cannot wait to see where this goes. Trust me, I will keep you updated because I am very interested in this and I want to see, you know, are we going to be putting handcuffs on this fucking person? Like, at the very least, their name should become, you know, the similar to Wakefield's, their name should be, you know, that of a pariah and whatnot. But I am very interested to see where this goes, see how much money this ended up wasting, how much time, how many resources, how many more people will get Alzheimer's because this fucking asshole did what they did.
0: Hear me out here. What if Andrew Wakefield was actually a positive example? Like if you're like a nerd who's been just mm-hmm. spent his whole life in a lab or anything, but all of a sudden if you yeah. just say, you know what? I'm going to cash out with my dignity, my paycheck, everything. I'm going to be famous. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll have a bunch of book signings because I'm against the mainstream. I'm going to be dating yeah. a model. Like I'm ready yeah. to be a celebrity. I'm ready to fuck. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I guess he, he like he he took the Breaking Bad turn. Yeah, there's no consequences. Like even if it's discovered that you lied, there's no fucking consequences. So, uh, but now like you now uh, 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 you're dating a celebrity.
1: Oh dear! Article number two: Origins of COVID now pretty strongly known. Oh no! Lindsay Lohan has shown up in my car again. Oh, why
0: did I get out of science for this?
1: Wait, why is there a French guy talking about?
0: I, I, I Lohan? thought he was a French scientist. And he, uh, he sold out, now he's oh. dating a celebrity, and it's Lindsay Lohan. Never mind. I know that we've we've talked a lot about, you know, there's no really no better option than the Wuhan market. And I also know that, like, this is a, a really big conspiracy theory point. So please tell me that you finally have the wooden stake that'll kill this misinformation
1: Dracula. We... We do, we do, and it actually came out in two separate papers this week. Very, very interesting stuff. So we've heard competing theories. One is, you know, the lab leak hypothesis, which I, as I've said on this the show, there's nothing wrong with that theory in and of itself. That hypothesis in and of itself, it absolutely could come out of a lab. It's just the there's not evidence to support it. I was actually
0: kicked off the uh, UCSD campus for a lab leak.
1: <laughs> That's true, but that was just pissing in a beaker. <laughs>
0: What do you want me to piss on the floor like a fucking animal?
1: <laughs> Sir, you're pissing on the floor now. Yeah, I know, it's to prove a point. <laughs> <laughs> Listen how loud this is! Try and concentrate and do science with this loud with this loud ass <laughs> floor pissing going on.
0: I'm pushing it out so it goes by faster.
1: Another theory was that it came just from the Wuhan market in contact with animals. And another one that we talked about was that there was some kind of natural spread prior to the Wuhan market, possibly in more southern China, uh, and the Wuhan market was just more of a super spreader event. So these papers basically eliminate the alternative scenarios other than just the Wuhan market and an animal zoonotic tra- transfer over to human beings, and that it didn't happen anytime before November of 2019. So we really were seeing the beginning of that entire outbreak so the first paper actually came out of the Scripps Institute here in San Diego and it looked at the geographic pattern of covid 19 in the first month after the outbreak so that last month of 2019 they were able to look up all 155 reported cases of covid 19 they were all in Wuhan at that time and they found that all of those had some connection to the market except they had this there was this group that you know people had said before oh hey this this is a group of people who never went to the market or anything like that. How, how did they catch it? They were early people who caught it early, and they found that those people basically turned out to live right near the market. So they caught it through some kind of community transmission that was going on there. The study also looked at Swabs taken from, like, literally the surfaces, the market stalls, the floors, the animal cages, all of that stuff, after the Hunan market was shut down. And they found that samples that tested positive for SARS CoV 2 were significantly associated with stalls selling live wildlife. So they actually found kind of the area, the stalls in which animals that had SARS CoV 2 were living just before the zoonotic jump to humans. Oh and then when they expanded expanded that that search out they found that the infection pattern was like a bullseye to the Wuhan market meaning they could just see week by week as that circle expanded and expanded and expanded and if you ran it backwards it went all the way down to a point 0 at the Wuhan market. The second paper determined that the pandemic actually involved two subtly distinct lineages of SARS, of SARS-CoV-2 and that those two came from two separate zoonotic transfers from animals to humans within the Wuhan market uh, in November of 2019. And that there were and they showed that there were likely other animal to human transmissions in that same market and those two those other you know variations just they ended up not taking off uh, and not making it like the the B lineages did so in using a molecular clock they found that a scenario of a singular introduction of the virus into humans rather than multiple introductions would be inconsistent with the molecular clock data basically these two lineages were too far apart from one another they had to represent two different entrances into human beings otherwise one of them would have had to like slow their molecular clock and stop. Two introductions from animals to human beings is also pretty much a nail in the lab leak hypothesis, because the lab leak hypothesis would then have to account for this having two separate times, not one leak, two separate leaks to two separate people at the same place, at which case you have almost no biosecurity, almost like you would at, I don't know, an animal open air market as opposed to a lab.
0: Alex Jones here. Stop what you're doing, Bobby. Stop. Don't slay this misinformation beast. Just like Dracula, it provides security and stability to those who believe in it. All right? You don't want to know what we'll get up to if we if we don't believe this Wuhan market thing was a fraud. All right, Bobby? Just stop what you're doing. I've based my whole life
1: upon this. But think how crazy this is. Like, think of what that does. By eliminating that lab leak and figuring out and narrowing down the times, if they're right, it points to a very unique and important point in human history, a single place in time. One captured casually in everyday pictures where one spot on Earth saw an invisible event that changed the world almost overnight those few square feet of stalls in the wuhan market saw an event that would impact almost every human on the face of the earth within a few months that's fucking crazy to think about all right thank you audience for coming back for science faction 621 where you learned all about a possible huge fraud in alzheimer's research and how we finally put to bed the lab leak hypothesis for sars cov2 thank you so much for joining us and come on back next week for science faction 622. Hey, Damien, I'm gonna be honest with you. You're not the only one who's been kicked out of a lab for peeing in a baker. Tell you that right now.
0: <laughs> Listen, if they're gonna force me to pay taxes, I expect to use anywhere I want as a bathroom. That's in the Constitution. You've been listening to Science Function. Wait, that's not right. <laughs>